0: Hello, thank you for joining us today on a special episode of The Mix. My name is Jessica Montoya Coggins, and back by popular demand, I have a guest named Paul Coggins.
1: Hello, good to be back on the show, Jessica. Uh,
0: Paul Coggins is a former U.S. attorney, a a current lawyer at Lock Lord, and he is also my father. And he has graciously... Uh, decided to join us today as we talk about Ken Paxton. Uh, So in the coming weeks, we have a lot of episodes devoted to areas like immigration and reproductive rights. And we're going to get into a lot of the litigation that's going on in Texas. And a lot of that Stems from Ken Paxton. So I thought it would actually be worthwhile to take a look at our attorney general uh, as many of y'all know he is currently facing a lot of legal troubles. Um, and so we'll get into that um, and uh, at the Texas signal we've been chronicling a lot of his legal problems we kind of call that the, the Paxton patrol uh, that is not to be confused with the children's program paw patrol. Uh, I am not a parent, but my understanding is that show is, is like the bane of every parent's existence. But, but anyway, this is the Paxton Patrol. So let's get into it. Who is Ken Paxton? So Paxton was actually born in North Dakota. Uh, he grew up on an Air Force base. Uh, his father was stationed at. The family moved around a lot, often in a trailer. He was a lifelong football fan. Uh, he had a jersey autographed by Bill Bates, who was a safety for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that he was a big fan of a safety. Uh, You don't really see a lot of people glamorizing that position, but but Paxton did. And oddly enough, Bill Bates would actually go on to be a campaign treasurer for Paxton, so that's some nice little symmetry. Uh, Paxton was elected president of the Baylor Student Government Association, so that does maybe portend some political instincts. He then serves in the Texas State House, then the Texas State Senate. And then in 2014, then Texas Attorney General, Greg Abbott decides to run for governor. At the time, Rick Perry just opted not to run again. Uh, He was running for president for a second time. Uh, We know how that ultimately turned out. Uh, But So in 2014, Paxton jumps into this race there is actually already a very well-funded Republican running named Dan Branch. And at the time, many thought that he was going to sort of coast into the Attorney General's office, but actually Paxton really... Rides kind of, you know, he's, this is sort of when the Tea Party is coming up and he ended up becoming attorney general. Um, so, Dad, do you remember when this happened and, and when you first sort of heard about this new attorney general?
1: Well, certainly. And, and of course, Dan Branch, being from Dallas, was in sort of the moderate wing and, and that was the <laughs> wing that really got routed uh, in the Republican primaries. But uh, Paxton's been in the news almost the moment he hit public office. Uh, he was very controversial uh, because um, he, some investment scheme or scam that he got involved in and was pushing uh, investments to people he knew and sort of secretly taking, <laughs> taking uh, cut kickbacks on the, the people that he was referring to them. Well, that resulted in the Texas Securities Board, which is a state securities board, uh, reprimanding him. Hitting him with a $1,000 fine and requiring him to sign a disciplinary action or a disciplinary order, which went uncontested. So that happened almost immediately, you know, as he was coming into the AG's office. And of course, that then opened a federal investigation by the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, that spanned several years and resulted in the SEC bringing civil charges against it uh those ultimately were dismissed by a federal judge but not dismissed on the merits but really dismissed based upon the definition of a security so uh i remember that sec case quite well because you know it was very controversial and and as i said the federal judge dismissed it against him
0: all right so we are talking about a case that has dogged paxton for six years now and it does involve this. So the crux of it basically involves this technology firm that he that Paxton was tied to, and he was trying to persuade these investors to buy stock in. And he did not disclose to those investors that he was being compensated by this firm. It, it's very legally. It, it, this sounds quite bad to me, especially for someone who is again running for Texas Attorney General.
1: Okay, what I described earlier, the Texas Securities Board and the SEC. Those are civil in nature. And in civil cases, it's, it's basically about money. I mean, the, the uh, sanctions, the punishments you can face are fines being barred from being an officer and director. Now you're getting into the criminal sphere. And in addition to all these civil problems, he was indicted by a state grand jury and that state grand jury essentially charged him with fraud. So securities fraud uh, on the this, on this state level that's the case you're talking about that's been hanging around for almost six years and what it exposes is that texas doesn't have what's called a speedy trial act so this case has been kicking around the system forever and a day the federal's do side does have a, a speedy trial act but one of the reasons this case has lasted so long is because the case was in collin county and then it got moved to tarrant county then it got moved back to collin county uh, District attorneys have recused themselves, requiring the hiring of special prosecutors. They haven't been paid for a while, so Lord only knows when this case is going to trial. And in the meantime, as we're gonna, I'm sure, talk about, there's a federal investigation that may end up overtaking the state case.
0: Um, so so we talked about the, the grand jury, and so in 2015, Paxton is indicted by a Collin County grand jury on felony securities fraud. So that is just a done thing that has happened. Um, what, what exactly is a grand jury?
1: A grand jury is a body of citizens that sit and hear uh, evidence uh, that a prosecutor brings them of, of what the prosecutor believes is criminal activity And the grand jurors vote on whether to return an indictment and if enough grand jurors vote to return the indictment charges are actually filed against an individual. So at this stage Paxton has been charged with a crime. Of course, whether it's State or Federal, the fact that you've been charged with a crime are mere allegations you're still presumed innocent, and you're still entitled to a trial. One of the uh, things that's always been interesting about this uh, matter is. It's been quite expensive for the prosecutors because they're paying special prosecutors. By the way, two prosecutors I know, both very, very fine lawyers, are prosecuting this case. But they're paying the defense lawyers a lot more. So where Paxton's getting this money to pay these defense lawyers has always been something very interesting for people to find out. And, and you know, are there any promises being made to these people in connection with giving donations to his legal defense fund?
0: There's also been a lot of uh, current state Republicans that have been embroiled in this too, uh, especially in the Collin County area. Um, Representative Jeff Legion and, and now Congressman uh, Van Taylor were kind of a part of the, this sort of crew that were trying to stop these payments from happening. And it was um, very, uh, very interesting. And, and especially now, as you do see kind of
1: Republicans
0: maybe trying to... Distance themselves, from Paxton. Or from, from, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: in battle, the attorney general. Yes. Um,
0: yes. So you you touched upon this, and this is now what I kind of want to focus on. Um, what is happening with Ken Paxton now, and oh. the federal investigation? And I'll, I'll give a little broad overview. Overview, and I'll then sort of ask you. Uh, I, I, I feel like I'm I'm uh, doing like a legal proceeding or like we're, we're, t- we're t- doing a law and order type of thing. <laughs> um, so Paxton, these latest troubles sort of stem from a relationship with a man named Nate Paul. Uh, he's a wealthy donor in Austin, and he is the founder, president and CEO of World Class Property Company. So after agents with the FBI and the U.S. Department of Treasury raided Paul's office and home in 2019, Ken Paxton, through his office, stepped in and launched an investigation. But he did not launch an investigation into Paul. No, no, he wanted to investigate the government agencies who were targeting Paul. Uh, So last year, seven members of Paxton's staff accused him of abuse of office and bribery, and they reported their concerns to federal authorities. Now, all of those former top aides have since been fired, resigned, or placed on leave. And then several of those former aides also filed a whistleblower lawsuit. Uh, in the lawsuit, they ask uh, you know, for reimbursement on lost wages, the damages. Uh, they are also asking, pa- asking Paxton to pay a fine uh, for violations that he committed against the Texas Whistleblower Act. Um, I know that whistleblowers are are very important. Um, I think of uh, you know uh, industries like the, like the tobacco industry uh, that uh, you know, whistleblowers came forward, you know, talking about the the things that they were trying to cover up. Um, so this sounds very, very bad for Paxton. <laughs> and, um, and now we do know that the FBI is investigating this matter. Um, what the heck is this?
1: Okay, public corruption is one of the key areas investigated by the US Attorney's Office, federal prosecutors. And so what we're at at the federal stage is the grand jury stage. So a federal grand jury in the Western District of Texas, presumably, is gathering information, uh, because by the way, Austin's in the Western District of Texas, is gathering information uh, about potential bribery, allegations, potential obstruction of justice um, committed by our attorney general and others, perhaps. And they're bringing documents, they're bringing witnesses, uh, and all that will play out in front of a grand jury. And when and if the prosecutor feels he or she has enough evidence to actually go to trial on this, they'll ask the grand jurors to to vote, just like the state grand jurors voted. And if enough, enough of them vote to indict, he will then face federal charges in addition to the state charges. And as I said, the federal system in many cases may move faster than the state. And so these federal may overtake the state charges if he is indicted on the federal charges. Now, in addition, that's criminal. In addition, there's this whole civil action of these seven whistleblowers, Uh, interestingly enough, I happen to know one of those whistleblowers. I happen to have gone to trial against one of those whistleblowers who was a former assistant US attorney. And without naming names, I will just say, in my estimation, in my opinion, he was a very honest and honorable person. And he was one of the seven people that uh, reported wrongdoing by the office, went through the proper channels, and as a result was terminated first put on leave and then terminated. Well, that's retaliation. So buckle up your seatbelts, Texas, because not only may Paxson have to shell out money for this, but the state of Texas may have to shell out money on this whistleblower action, which is a civil action. And all the evidence that's going to be gathered in that civil action, all the depositions and the rest can be turned over to the prosecutors in the federal uh, criminal investigation. So. The attorney general faces a world of hurt on the state criminal side, potentially on the federal criminal side, certainly on the civil side as well with this whistleblower lawsuit. And that's not even touching on the problems that he may have with the State Bar Association.
0: All right, so there has been some reporting that uh, Paxton had uh, an alleged affair and the the woman that that he was having that affair with would end up working for um nate paul's office and but for me the thing that i just kind of boggles my mind is what was paxton thinking getting his office involved trying to stop this investigation into a donor of his did he really think this was going to turn out well
1: yeah, that's the old don't tug on Superman's cape. I wouldn't really think if I were Kim Paxton, if I was going to attempt to try to stop a federal investigation, I would have much uh, chance of success with that. I-, I think the alleged affair, which obviously is, you know, been the subject of much, much reporting over the years, is kind of what ties the federal criminal investigation together with a civil investigation. That's going to be something that comes up in both the civil lawsuit and and the criminal investigation. It's going to be a a theme that's going to come out in both of those, but but you're absolutely right. I mean, look, you're not going to intimidate the Department of Justice, you know, and attempt to get them to back off uh, in a circumstance where they're looking at potential public corruption. Uh, You know, it's just not gonna be successful.
0: All right, so... Oh,
1: Paxton. and by the way, let me just say it too. There's going to be a whole new U.S. attorney in the Western District of Texas who's going to be overseeing this federal prosecution because uh, the United States attorney is a presidential appointee and we have a new president involved. And uh, in fact, I think the, uh, the, the former uh, U.S. attorney has stepped down. And so there'll be a new U.S. attorney appointed, presumably in the next few months, to oversee the Western District of Texas and hence to oversee this investigation, this federal investigation.
0: I've actually written uh, something for the Texas Signal about uh, a committee that's, which I believe you are a part of now that is uh, trying to speed along that process to get our U.S. attorneys appointed.
1: We're always interested in finding really qualified, good and diverse people to serve as U.S. attorneys and federal judges. I think that's hugely important to reach out and, and get good people in those offices, and you want them to play it straight down the middle of the fairway. You know, you want them to not play political favoritism, and just because you're a Democrat, you're not going after the Republicans. But if there's wrongdoing, you go after it. you go after it with both feet.
0: Yes, we do want our U.S. attorneys uh, to be good, decent people. Um, so, kind of the opposite of Kempaxton, then. Uh, but uh, so Paxton has remained very firm, even amongst all of these allegations. Uh, he has you know, very much said that he is not interested in resigning. Uh, very interestingly, there have been calls for him to step down, even from some Republicans, probably probably most notably is Congressman Chip Roy. Uh, Roy is is quite conservative. Uh, he used to actually work for for Paxton. Uh, the Dallas Morning News has also called for Paxton's resignation. Uh, they are—they are by far, I think, the most conservative editorial board in Texas. Um, as for Greg Abbott, he has kind of, uh, you know, sort of said, "Well, we have to, you know." To who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, I think he wants to see the investigation play out before before he commits to anything. Um, but we, we are seeing pa- Paxton though, still, you know, he's at the home of the state and the attorney general, I think is actually probably one of the most important positions and one that wields a lot of power.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and it's a huge position. I mean, you oversee, you know, um, a, a huge legal, you know, the state's law firm, a huge legal law firm with offices throughout the state Handling, touching all sorts of different areas. I should point out too that in terms of of just touching on his problems, before we close out on those problems, I mentioned the state bar. If Paxton were to be convicted, either on the state of the state violation or the federal violation, losing your license uh, as a result of a felony conviction is is a no brainer. it, it, It will happen if he's convicted. In addition you know, there's going to be bar, there are bar issues based upon even things he's done fairly recently, like filing that lawsuit against the four states that that voted for <laughs> Biden. We'll, you know, we'll, 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 we'll get into that lawsuit. Okay. Um, uh, that raises so, all sorts of issues. So,
0: So could we have an attorney general that has been disbarred?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I—that that is a good question. I think you have to have a law license to be the attorney general. All
0: okay. right. Um, so let's so let's get a little bit into uh, what Paxton has done recently as attorney general. Um, so it feels like a long time ago, but actually in early 2020, uh, Paxton started out the year defending a judge who refused to issue same sex marriage licenses. Uh, so this was a judge in Waco who was was doing this, and as attorney general, you are supposed to def- defend state agencies when they are challenged in the court of law. Um, so Paxton actually though made a big exception for a commission that was sued by this judge in Waco. Uh, th- uh, the commission had sanctioned them uh, for you know not doing their judgely duties, right. uh, and so this is actually Paxton sort of saying, actually, I'm going to side with this rogue judge, uh, which I think is very emblematic of Paxton. Uh, This, you know, I think also gets back into his relationship with Nate Paul um, and, you know, doing this investigation into the investigators. It's, It's like the law only suits him when it suits him, now, you,
1: you're either going to be, you know, a culture warrior slash party hack or uphold the rule of law. And that's clearly an instance where uh, Paxton decided, I'm not going to uphold the rule of law. You know, I'm going to play to my base. Uh, I'm not going to get you know, I'm not going to deviate from what my base wants me to do. And um, as a result, he didn't uphold the rule of law.
0: Yes, I um. would make
1: the same argument, by the way, about his lawsuit you know, that got left out of court by the Supreme Court. And I know we're going to get to that in a second, but, but I mean, there's been some revelations about that as currently as today that are frankly shocking.
0: Yes. Um, So Paxton is also a huge opponent of Planned Parenthood. He has been leading the charge against that agency uh, pretty much since he took over as attorney general. Uh, The U S court of appeals for the Fifth, fifth circuit ruled against Planned Parenthood in a lawsuit that, he brought upon uh, against, uh, against them, uh, sort of saying that the healthcare provider had to be removed from our state Medicaid fund. Uh, literally today, a judge paused that for at least two weeks. Uh, the Texas Tribune has been doing a lot of great reporting on this. Uh, they have determined that over 8,000 women would be impacted by this. Um, And there are just some really heartbreaking stories. You know, uh, they spoke with a woman who is at very high risk of cervical cancer. So she is dependent upon Planned Parenthood uh, for those screenings. And this is also happening uh, during this horrible year uh, where so many people have been impacted by COVID-19. And yet here is Ken Paxton basically saying, "I I want thousands of women to lose access to healthcare.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like I said, that's sort of consistent with his, uh, his whole tenure, which is he's more of a, of a culture warrior than the attorney for the state of Texas, looking out for the interests of the state of Texas.
0: Um, I, I should say that in a few weeks, we'll be talking with a couple of groups that uh, have, have gone, to, gone to battle against the state of Texas about uh, this Planned Parenthood issue. And, and I'm very excited to bring those uh, to y'all. Um, but we are in a new presidential administration. Um, thank goodness. <laughs> uh, but not even 15 hour, 50, uh, not even 50 hours after Biden took office, Paxton was on the legal warpath. Uh, So he filed a lawsuit against an announcement from the Biden administration that they were going to do a 100-day deportation freeze. Uh, Paxton, they were able to file in the Southern District, uh, and they they drew a a Trump-appointed judge who did ultimately block this uh, deportation freeze. And I, I kind of want to point out that this is also it was literally just a freeze. They you know, the Biden executive order basically said, hey, we this immigration stuff that we're doing right now, we want to just temporarily halt this. We want to reassess things. I, I don't really see what wh- why he was so gung ho about this.
1: Well, first of all, I, I don't see the opinion by the district judge in Houston standing up. appeal. Uh, In other words, I think it's going to be reversed because what the Biden administration did seems to me so clearly within the purview and power of the executive branch that the opinion that was issued by the Houston judge really makes no sense.
0: It also uh, kind of, so Paxton, if you read the legal filing, um, Paxton's reasoning, it sounds like, for stopping this freeze, was it kind of hinged on these very last minute agreements that the Trump administration had made with all of these municipalities and states uh, and very like bizarre things. Like there's this tiny little town and township in like Maryland that they made an agreement with. Um, and they were signed off, by the way, on a man, Ken Cuccinelli, who was never actually uh, confirmed. <laughs> confirmed. He was a, a legally appointed. Um, so the judge actually doesn't even talk about paxton's main rationale for this um but it but it does you know this is you know again the biden administration is trying to just you know cobble together our government and to basically bring back many portions of a government that weren't functioning under our last president and here's paxton charging in with his his lawsuits ready to just stop anything.
1: Well, yeah. And Paxton's reasoning made no sense and the judge's reasoning made less sense. So, (laughs) I mean, as I said, I don't anticipate those things standing up on appeal, and and frankly, I don't anticipate those things making any difference whatsoever to the Biden administration. When you're in the executive, part of what you have to decide to do is what you enforce, uh, you know, where you put your resources and what you enforce and what you don't enforce, you never Uh, whether you're a prosecutor of of any kind of prosecutor, you don't enforce all the laws you have to, you know, you have to have priorities. These are my priorities now. They may change over time. So the Biden administration is clearly entitled to do that. Paxton knows it. Uh, This judge should know it. And he's going to learn that lesson the hard way.
0: (laughs) All right, and so this brings us to something I know you've been dying, <laughs> to, talk dying to talk about. This. And this was the lawsuit that Paxton filed. Um, it, is it probably one of the most embarrassing things you've seen in front of the Supreme Court? <laughs> it,
1: it was so embarrassing to have our Attorney General sign a lawsuit that clearly had no merit, that's going to get laughed out of court. But now it becomes even more embarrassing based upon recent reporting I think in the New York Times that Paxton didn't even draft the lawsuit. The lawsuit's drafted for him by Trump's lawyers and they shopped around. They wanted to get another attorney general to file it because of Paxton's legal problems. So they go to Louisiana and make a a heavy rush on the Louisiana attorney general, to put his name on this lawsuit. He takes a look at it and says, "Mm, I don't think so. And Paxton... Of course, you know if anybody needs a pardon, it was Paxton. You know he agrees to file it, and 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 think about that. It's the Attorney General of Texas saying, "I want to file a lawsuit against Pennsylvania. I don't like the way Pennsylvania (laughs) conducted the vote." How would we Texans feel if New York said, "You know what? We want to come in Texas and sue you guys because of the way you suppressed the vote over the years." So anyway, it was laughed out of court. It was an embarrassment, Uh, but. But the idea that you would file a lawsuit uh, without doing the legal research, without doing the investigation behind it, it brings me back to the Texas State Bar. This is not what lawyers should do. And if you file meritless lawsuits, whether you're Rudy Giuliani or Ken Paxton, you face the possibility of having the bar lift your license.
0: Yes. So... Uh, the the four states, by the way, that Paxton sued uh, to try and just basically toss out their votes. Uh, it was Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania.
1: Shocker! Shocker! <laughs> All states that went for Biden. You know, just just think about that. Forty-six states got it right but four states that went for Biden just got it wrong. And I
0: guess Arizona, I know, maybe he was just like, I guess Biden did win Arizona. <laughs> so maybe we'll just do that. Uh, but you are right. The Attorney General of Michigan, uh, her name is Dana Nessel, uh, she issued a statement saying Mr. Paxton's actions were, quote, beneath the dignity of the Office of Attorney General. Miss um, uh, Nessel, I don't know, has actually uh, she has not interacted with Ken Paxton, so maybe she, I don't, I'm not sure why she's using the word dignity, <laughs> Ken Paxton. Um, well, it would
1: be laughable if they weren't so embarrassing for the state of Texas. And as I said, the Supreme Court gave, gave short shrift to it. Um, and evidently, it, 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 it didn't get far enough that Paxton got the, the pardon he seemed to be so obviously fishing for. Uh,
0: yes, uh, Ken Paxton and Joe Exotic, uh, both united <laughs> in not getting uh, pardons from Trump. So that's, I guess, a as as quick as we could do an overview into Ken Paxton. Um, at the Texas Signal, uh, we recently did an interview with Joe Jaworski. Uh, He's the former mayor of Galveston, who is uh, who has announced that he is running for attorney general. And I'm I'm sure there will be other folks uh, that will also go in into that primary. Um, what do you think is is going to, to happen? I know there's been some rumblings that Republicans are looking to maybe get George P. Bush to jump in. Um, do, do you think that Paxton will even make it onto the ballot or how? Well,
1: I, I, I personally think it's going to come down to what happens in these investigations. Um, if, if, there were, you know, if there were a federal indictment, I mean, the state investigation, he obviously ran after he got indicted in the state and won. So that didn't that didn't frighten him off. Uh, if the federal uh, investigation resulted in an indictment, it would, I think, be very, very tough to run when you're under federal uh, indictment. Uh, and that might be enough to get him to to step down. But barring that, you know, I think you're going to have bloody warfare in the Republican Party. And you have that same schism that we're seeing, you know, that, that that affected before. We had Dan Branch, who was considered sort of, you know, a good lawyer, you know, a moderate Republican running against someone to the far right of him, uh, being Ken Paxton. Ken Paxton's got a base. And that Republican primary, as the Republican Party shrinks, becomes more and more uh, farther and farther to the right. So I Paxton may well hold on to this if he's not indicted.
0: All right, Dan Branch, if you're out there, maybe toss your hat into the Republican primary.
1: Someone needs to <laughs> challenge him on the Republican side because, you know, the ideal election is where you have good candidates on both sides. I don't have to agree on every issue, but they're both good candidates, good lawyers, and, and more importantly, good people.
0: Well... <laughs> So uh, we'll, we'll see if the, the Texas GOP hit <laughs> your call on that. Um, but again, thank you so much. Thank you to Paul Coggins uh, for joining us on this special episode of the TexMix. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at TexMix Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please tell your friends about us. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you
1: so much.